Jennifer Aniston says friends wouldn't be a hit today because everyone would just be on their cell phones, <laughs> which I thought was kind That's of hilarious. funny. Yeah. She's quoted as saying, if friends were created today, you would have a coffee shop full of people that were just staring at their iPhones. Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. Psychologist, author, speaker, musician, former professor, and the host of Love and Life, Dr. Karen Anderson Averill. Welcome to Love and Life. I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Averill, and with me is special guest star and fan favorite Miriam Connor. You guys remember her from way back in the beginning of the podcast when we did an episode about how to maintain friendships with your besties over the years as your lives go into different directions. Someone's get, getting married and get, having kids. The other person's still single in the city. So we talked about that. Then Miriam was back. We talked about no pressure friendships and how to maintain our expectations to have intimacy and connection, but also to realize that sometimes our friends have to do what they have to do with their other obligations. We talked about that. We've also been on each other's podcast. Miriam has a podcast called Apparently Speaking, where she gives such great advice to parents, especially in this day and age. Parenting, I think, is harder. And she brings on experts and other folks in that realm. And today... She's here back as my bestie to talk about something that Elliot and I delved into last week about technology and especially phones and their impact on our intimate connections and intimate relationships. Elliot and I obviously talked about the romantic relationships and how phones may interfere with intimacy. And Miriam's here to talk about another important relationship sphere of our lives, and that's our besties and our friendship connections. So Miriam, thank you so much for coming back onto the program. Well, thank you for having me and thank you for that Nice little intro guest star and the shameless plug for my um, <laughs> podcast. So thank you. And yeah, I loved that episode. I love all your episodes, but I was listening in the car to the one you just did with Elliot about this. And every time I stopped, I didn't do it while I was driving. I'm like texting you like, oh my gosh, that was great. Or yes, you know, because it was, it was really good and it really um, resonated with me. So thank you for having me on. Well, yeah. And thank you for the feedback on the episode. And then also, I know you mentioned you shared it with your daughter, Callie, who is in college and with her friends as something that they should be aware of as they are forging romantic relationships. And I think there were some themes certainly that apply to friendships as well, which is what we're going to focus on today. So to prepare for the episode, I did a quick little brave search that's my search engine, people. No Google for me. Thank you. And I just put in friends and phones or friends and technology, something like that. And it was kind of funny because the first or one of the first hits that that popped up was a, an article. Jennifer Aniston says friends wouldn't be a hit today because everyone would just be on their cell phones, <laughs> which I thought was kind That's of funny. Hilarious. Yeah. She's quoted as saying, if friends were created today, you would have a coffee shop full of people that were just staring at their iPhones. And so I, I think it's interesting because she's she, not wrong. Oh, no, she is not wrong. <laughs> and she is our generation. So she's Gen X. And she goes on to say, there was something about a time where our faces weren't stuffed into cell phones. We weren't checking Facebook and Instagram. We were in a room together, in a coffee shop together. We were talking, having conversations, and we've lost that. And of course, even Gen Z, like Friends is still so popular. It was obviously a massive show in our generation and certainly is still very popular in syndication. 
And it's interesting that so much of the humor obviously was just conversations. I mean, there wasn't a lot of slapstick or a lot of like weird adventure stuff. It was just friends talking about their lives and and that back and forth, that conversation. And I'm wondering if we can honestly take a look at the way that friends interact today. And I think we have to be honest that we don't quite have that same repartee because invariably someone's going to be like, ha ha ha. And then they're going to pull out their phone and like you lose them and they're gone for like 10 <laughs> minutes. And even though you're all together in the same room, it's like they're, they're off with somebody else in the virtual world. Yeah, it happens. And we've seen it happen. And, you know, I guess obviously it depends who you're with and hopefully you have, you know, like-minded friends and they don't want to do that. And you're, you know, but inevitably when you're in a group, especially maybe a larger group or whatever it is, it's going to happen. And and no one's doing it. I don't even think people realize, sometimes realize they're doing it. You know, it's just such a habit that they are right. not saying, obviously no one's saying, I'm going to try to be rude and, and make them seem like it doesn't matter what they say. <laughs> no one's doing that. And I think it's just such a, a, a normal thing now that for people to just like check, check, check it you don't think anything of it. And, and, and you don't think anything of it. Some people of other people. So it's like, Oh, it's not a big deal, but actually it kind of is. Um, but it's just such a, a habit that it's hard to break that, you know, some people don't even realize they're doing it. Yeah. And it's interesting. You talked about the notion of being rude. So again, social norms, dictate what is considered polite behavior and what is considered impolite behavior. And I'm wondering if for some people it's no longer considered rude to like in the middle of a conversation with a friend who may be disclosing something personal or intimate or deep for someone to just, oh, hold on, I got to check this text. Like right in someone's face. And it's such a visual barrier too because you literally pull the phone out and then you put it between you and the person you're talking to as this barrier. And what I feel, and maybe I'm just a sensitive little delicate flower, but to me, I'm like, you're telling me and physically demonstrating to me that I am less important to you than whatever's going on in that phone. Period. End of story. That's how I feel. Is that fair? I think the feelings are valid because even though they may not, the person doesn't feel that way, obviously they don't think that whatever they're checking is more important than you, but that's what they're showing, whether they intend to or not, or realize it or not. That's how it makes other pe- person feel. And it's just, it is, it has become a social norm, especially with people younger than us. That is definitely a social norm. That's what they do. They sit in the room together, but they're on their phone. You know, they all have their phones out and they're da 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 And it's, it's just not a big deal. Or they have it sitting out, you know, wherever, when they're eating, when they're out to dinner, whatever they're doing. And it's just, it is normal. It's not normal, but it, it, it is normal for them. So yeah. it depends. Yeah. If you're with like a younger crowd, but even our age, it's just something you really need to be aware of. And I think, you know, boy, I don't get a lot of time to be with people, you know, friends, you know, face to face just because it's so busy and things. So when you do, it's like, is that what you want to be doing? Now I've been with friends and someone has said, like, as soon as I get there or wherever, Hey, I'm just letting you know, at, you know, whatever time I, I have to, like, I'm going to have to check or I'm getting this call or whatever. And I have no problem with that. And I've had to do that too. Like, you know what, at this time, I'm going to have to do this real quick for work or, you know, my daughter's calling at this time for just something real quick that I need to tell her. I feel like that's totally is fine. You know what I mean? You're letting them know ahead of time. Hey, I have this coming up. It's going to be real quick. I'm just letting you know. And then that's the only time they're on the phone. I don't, that to me, I don't have a problem with. 
Yeah, I think it's the heads up. It's the, yeah. this was already established maybe even a couple of weeks ago that there was mm-hmm. going to be a phone call with a teacher or whatever the case may be at this particular time. I think that's just managing your schedule and trying to also get a chance to see your friend as opposed to being like, well, we can't meet for lunch because I have this 11 o'clock phone call or 11 o'clock like, right. quick, like, check-in. So I, I, I hear what you're saying. With that kind of forewarning that I'm going to yeah, have to step than away. Just checking it yeah. for no reason. Like that's, you know what exactly. I mean? That's totally different. But yeah, I think that we're so, we check, check, check. And I'm thinking, are we that important? You know what I mean? Like what's happening that we have to check it all the time or. <laughs> right. Know? And then I think back to, you know, and you and Elliot touched on this a little bit too. And there are great things about the phone and it's convenient. And obviously, you know, even with our relationship, it's great to be able to just, you know, text you real quick or call you in the car if I'm driving somewhere where I wouldn't have been able to do that. So those are right. great things about it. But, um, you know, when we didn't have it, it was like, we were okay. And I, I'm, you know, I'm not any more important now than I was then. So <laughs> it's like not, you don't have to be available every second, but I don't think most people are communicating. I think most people are just scrolling and like checking social media and stuff. Don't you? I do. I really do. And it's interesting. You talked about the availability and kind of segueing from that, the other piece of that is FOMO. And one of the studies I looked at, and I'll link all the research in the show notes, was one of the predictors of someone being that obsessively checking type person. One of the characteristics is someone who has that FOMO, that fear of missing out. And so I think sometimes people, as much as they even may want to be present in the here and now with their IRL connections in a room full of friends, they also fear that maybe something's happening on Facebook or is that that FOMO kicks in. And it was interesting that the study found that there was a correlation that was predictive. You would be more likely to be that person obsessively checking your phone if you have that FOMO. But I think I have a little FOMO, but I try to keep it in check. I don't think so. I do. Well, like if you were uh, like, hey, I'm, I'm going on a fabulous vacation, I'd be like, can I come? <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, but that's not, to me, that's not FOMO. That's just like, oh man, that, that look sounds awesome. That'd be great. <laughs> you know, it's not like you're checking. And I think maybe the people with FOMO are the same that have to post everything they're doing every five seconds, right? I don't know. That's interesting. I'd have to look d- deeper into the article. Yeah, do that research. I will, I'm research. on it. You always do the research for me for everything. <laughs> I enjoy it. Geek but girl that's another here. thing too. I think when you're with someone, this is maybe, you know, this is getting off, but it's also being present. And so it's, it's not only just the checking and the looking and having the phone out, but it's like, hey, let's, and we like to take pictures, of course. And there's nothing wrong even with, I'm not saying like take a picture and post it or whatever. We're having, I'm not even getting into that at this point. It's just like, it's a lot like constant where it's like, okay, we have to take 25 pictures to post them. I'm going to, then I'm going to sit here and post them all instead of actually enjoying this time with, with you. Right. Right. It's funny because they're posting what's happening and then interrupting what's happening. Yes, the they're not even involved with what's happening. Right. So it's, it's, then it becomes almost smoke and mirrors because it's like, this is what's going on, potty, potty, here we are. Yeah. Like, but you're not. You're literally right. by yourself in the corner posting yes. these pictures. And I know sometimes people will post it later. And I get that's, I guess that's different. You know what I mean? Or I'll do that. You know, it's like take a picture and then later when you're home or whatever, you know, if you want to post it, at least you were involved in the evening. Right. Well, another characteristic that I thought was interesting was self-control. 
is related to that mm-hmm. tendency. Obviously, if you're someone who's more disciplined and has self-control, then you can go, okay, yeah, I'm feeling that tug to go check my phone, but how about I just take control of that yeah. <laughs> impulse and be present because it goes back to values, which you know I talk about on the podcast all the time too. And certainly as a parenting expert, you values are critical for your parenting style and what you impart to your children. But to me, the value of if I get, like you said, I, I get very limited amount of time because my best friends are all over the place. Like if I, if I have my best friend in front of me, there's like no way I'm going to be disruptive of that time, that precious time, because it's a value that I have that I want to be present. And so I think people, if they just think a little bit more intentionally about their values, which again, this is the new year, we can think about some of the our patterns and our, our habits, and we can think about, wait, what works for me? What has been working? What hasn't? And what might I want to adjust in 2023 to be more in alignment, my thinking and my behavior with my values? Yeah. And and is that phone, does it have a hold on you? Sure. Like, is that phone controlling you or are you controlling, you know, when you're going to use it, when it's appropriate, when you fit, or does it have such a hold on you? Does social media have such a hold on you and control over you? And that's just because it is an addiction, just like mm-hmm. even what you and Elliot talked about. So does that have that hold over you just like another kind of addiction would? Exactly. And then just again, thinking about the algorithms. I mean, there are brilliant, brilliant people, way smarter than all of us. You know, they went to MIT and Stanford and they're like the brilliant genius people who are creating algorithms to keep you hijacked and addicted to your phone. I mean, we got to think about that critically. And so me, you know, how my, the way my mind works is like, if you're trying to control me, well, I'm going <laughs> in the opposite direction. Okay. Cause you will not control, you know, it's like that little, right. I'm the youngest child. I will not be told what to do exactly. anymore. Those days are over. <laughs> so I, I do find myself getting that energy of resistance. And I suppose someone might say, well, you're just some old school Gen X Luddite. It was like, no, I'm not against technology at all. To your point. I love that we can text each other 25 times a day and maintain that. Like I think of the phone in your and my relationship absolutely has enhanced it. Like those years when you had moved away after college and I was in grad school, blah, 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 and living in the city, there was a time when, yeah, I mean, the phone wasn't, we did not have the cell phone. It was hard to be able to connect. Right. Had to get that calling card out. (laughs) (laughs) I only got so many minutes. Long distance is expensive. I mean, these kids don't know, girl. They don't know how to do that. (laughs) Punching in 50 numbers. (laughs) I did it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. But we made it through that desert of connection. And now we are able to do like, especially last couple of years with lockdowns and all that and just you and me and our other friend just like texting all the time. So it's really been a blessing. So I don't want to sound like that old, like this technology, but I also want to be really mindful. I'd love to connect with you via my weekly newsletter. Joining the love and life email list ensures you're the first to know everything going on in the love and life family. You'll receive insider perk pricing for consultations and events And it's the best way to keep in touch when I do what the research suggests is very healthy and take breaks from social media. Subscribe on my website, loveandlifemedia.com. And as a bonus, you'll get my free Empowered Dating Playbook. Another article that I pulled up was in Psychology Today, and she cited her name is Suzanne Deggs or Deggies White. 
And she's actually a professor at Northern, which I thought was interesting where I got mm-hmm. my doctorate. So I didn't, she was in the counseling department. I was in the psych department, which is slightly different. But anyway, she, her article is called, Is Technoference Damaging Your Relationships? A term that I was not aware of. One, technoference, I'd never heard of that. But I think it's important. And you and I studied English in college. And it's important, and the language always does, the language evolves and adjusts to make sure there, there's verbiage for the common conditions and situations in which we find ourselves. And so technoference is shorthand for technology-based interference. In this case, we're talking about technoference in connection. And then this other term I thought was awesome, fubbing. And that is short for phone snubbing. So fubbing is P-H-U-B-B-I-N-G, which is a tendency to pay more attention to your phone than the people you're with. And I'm thinking, why are more people not using this terminology? It's been around for a while now. And I certainly need to include it in my vernacular because I want to now look at someone and be like, you're fubbing me. And that hurts. (laughs) You're like, excuse me? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to start saying it. (laughs) It's going to be great. (laughs) But yeah, the research that she pulls up, and I was looking at some of these studies as well, but she talks about the research saying that, yeah, fubbing is absolutely going to cause the person who you're with, most likely, I mean, I shouldn't say absolutely. I'm sure some people probably don't care at all, but I do. But yeah, it's going to cause them to feel less connected to you, that, that, that you are less important to them. And so I thought that was really interesting in the context of friendships. What do you think about that? I de- It definitely makes me feel that way. Like I, and again, I don't take it personally, like, and, and, and this isn't, like I said, if someone's like, or, oh my gosh, you know, I, this, I see this call or text coming through. It's my you know, I was with a friend and her daughter's at college and she was like, let me just, do you mind if I check this and see what she wants? Because this is like, she doesn't ever call me at this time, you know, right, right. make sure everything's okay. And I'm like, absolutely. And she did for a minute and that was it, you know, and that, that kind of stuff, I don't feel fubbed. Um, at the, <laughs> at <that>. but <laughs> it's when it's, you know, you're talking with someone and then it's just the checking or you, the ding and you see their eyes kind of <laughs> go, you know, look down to see it or whatever. And I've had this conversation with my own kids, you know, and my daughter who I think for her age is pretty mindful of it, but still she, you know, we're talking and then she'll like look at her chat or send a quick text or check something. And I'm just like, I just stopped talking. And I'm like, this is what, you know, and I'm like, I'm not trying to be, you know, yeah, like, like annoying or this old lady or something, but I'm like, it just kind of makes me you know, it's okay if you're going to do that, but then just tell me and I'll, we can finish the conversation later. Like one or the other, one or the other. (laughs) And so, um, you know, I, I try to be mindful and, you know, as a mom too, I have done that where, you know, my kids are telling me something and I'm like, you know, looking at something on the phone or finishing, or maybe, maybe I was doing it first and they started talking to me, but then they'll do the same thing. I, I, they will shut down or they're like, you're not listening or hello, you know, and I'm like, oh gosh, you know, yeah, no. And so I put it away and I try really hard to put it in one spot at home and try not, cause I found myself like, why am I carrying this around? Like you, you don't even realize it happens. Like I have to go to the other room to get something. What? Take my phone with me, right? In case right. you know the world is ends and I have my phone, you know, and it's like, <laughs> or I have to run upstairs to get something. Why did I have to put my phone in my pocket? Like it's weird, and it happens, and you don't realize it. So I really try to be mindful now. Of we have one spot in the kitchen, like just leaving it there, and I try to get you know the kids to do that too during the day or whenever they're home. You know, just leave it there if you need to use it or you want to use it. That's fine, but it doesn't need to be on your body, on your person all day. Yeah. 
Unless you're going to try to get your steps. Because, like, well, I don't have right. half Unless a you're, watt. And I get it. And that's fine. <laughs> I know. Um, but then I think about but, the radiation. Is it, Am I going to get radiation in my booty? Because I have it in my back pocket all the time. Like, I don't – isn't there research about, like, holding your phone to your head is not good? I mean, Yeah, it's girl. none of it's good. I mean, there's something about everything. There's, yeah, for I sure. Know. But, <laughs> um, right. And so when I'm with a, someone or with a friend, like, same, I'll try to – like, even at your house, like, I try to leave it on that one spot, you know, in your kitchen. Yeah, yeah. And yes, of course, if I want it or I need it, it's right there. But I try to leave it there so that it's not just, you know what I mean? All the time. Yeah. Not that I won't ever get it or, we're, you know, whatever. But And so something else that has really made me stop and think is the watch, you know, the Apple watch. Oh, so yeah. I, I forever was like, no, I don't want a watch. You know, my kid's like, oh, why? Why wouldn't you want one? And I'm like, because I don't want to have that. Like if I have my phone set aside. I don't want to have that. Well, I got a free stupid watch because I've got the kids new phones. <laughs> oh, right. So I just got it. So I was like, well, whatever. Of course it's free. So I was like, well, I'll see. And then I'm thinking, you know, I really like it for the fitness aspect. Right. However, I'm, I'm not even wearing it today. Like I'm just not in the habit of it, but I, you know, so I had it on the other day and I do like being able to, you know, you can set those fitness goals and you can check them and it keeps track of that and your heart rate. Now I like that, but you know, here I am and I don't have the phone with me and the phone, it, my watch is like, you know, cause the texts or the <laughs> notification, whatever, it's all coming through. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think that's why I didn't want it. So that's another thing too. You know, <laughs> someone might not have their phone, but then they're constantly looking at oh, the yeah. watch or tapping the watch or whatever. Oh, exactly. I was in the middle of my tennis lesson with my friend who takes a, a lesson with me and she got a call from her sister, which she doesn't usually. And so she stepped away. Now that's fine. I get it. Yeah. Again, she's like, I don't normally hear from her. Right. Like, exactly. So she was nervous that something happened, but it was interesting. And then she was trying to set it so that she could set it to the tennis setting. So she could get her, 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 whatever it would accumulate the credit for her, for her workout. So she could close her circles or rings or whatever you call it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I get it. Like you want to be like, yeah, I worked out today, but it was a distraction. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And that's even the thing too. It's like, and if that's motivated, and like I said, it's, it's good, you know, like that, or you want to see that you did it or, you know, keep, keeps you accountable or whatever. That's why I was thinking I would like it, but it is a distraction too. And it's, I don't know. I just, so I have to see, I'm sure I can turn some things off on it. You know, I just haven't, yeah. I just got it. So I, I'm going to check into that where it's only like, it's not buzzing or dinging or whatever, because if I don't have the phone on me, that's for a reason. So I don't want that going off too, but it is, it's just another, it's just another distraction, another way to keep it, you know? And again, like, you know, is it that important? All these texts you're getting or social media. Right. I don't know. I would, I don't even think I would check that on the phone, but I'm yeah. sure people do. Oh, I'm but, sure. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, something you said earlier about, you know, when we were talking and you said, you know, with what Jennifer Aniston said and all that. So like my kids will laugh because they say, you know, I talk to everybody and we're out somewhere at the store out and about and I'll just talk to people in line or whatever. But I, to me, and not everybody likes to do that. To me, I like to do that. And so I'll just, you know, make a comment to someone or strike up a conversation, you know, make eye contact, or if there's something going on, even in line, that's like kind of funny, you know, I'll look at the person, you know, behind me and we, you know, have that connection and laugh or something, but you miss all of that 
if your face is in the phone, you know, you're just going to miss or, you know, things that you can just, just have that connection. Or I, like I said, it's just fun to talk to people. My kids will laugh like, oh, you know, all about this cashier or whatever, <laughs> you know, cause you <laughs> talked to them last time. And, but and not everybody likes to do that, but you just kind of miss it, not only on friendships, but even just kind of the world around you. Yeah. And you miss the opportunity just to make a connection that maybe you'll never see this person again, but just honor one another's humanity. Like, right. Hi, I, you're a human. I'm a human. We're having this interaction. I remember my grad school when I was at Wheaton and my roommate was from the South. And I think in general, they're a little bit more likely to do what you just described. And we would go, this is when the toll booths weren't the iPass. You actually had to interact <laughs> right. with them at the toll talk. booth. And she, we would go through the toll booth and she'd be like, hey, how you doing? And just super big smile, super sweet. And I remember, uh-huh. I remember being like, wow, I should do that. Like, this is <laughs> another human being that I will interact with for 0.01 second. But in that moment, you never know when someone's smile can actually yeah. really give them a little boost. Just that, okay, there are good, kind people in the world. Right, so when sure. we're, if our heads are in our phones all the time and we're not taking those opportunities, what does it mean about just being a decent human being with another decent human being making our way through this world? I think that's really, I think that's cool that you're modeling that for your kids. Well, and I just, you know, of course, if someone will laugh, I'm that that makes my day. So I always try to crack a dumb, you know, say some kind of comments, you know, to somebody. <laughs> Who you? So it's actually also, you know, for selfish reasons too. But of course. Our satisfaction and joy in life is directly related to our satisfaction and joy in our relationships. Elliot and I are here to help. We'd love to design a workshop, seminar, or weekend retreat for your organization. We'll bring the psych research, of course, along with over 60 years of combined experience in psychotherapy. We'll share science-based therapeutic techniques within the context of a Christian worldview. We can level up in our relationships. Contact our producer, Tim May, at tim at loveandlifemedia.com to book us. Well, I think it's interesting. Another article that I pulled up, David Sabara out of the University of Arizona and his colleagues at Wayne State University in Detroit did a review paper looking at all the research. And they came to the conclusion that a lot of what's going on is that we are wired to connect. And because now with these phones in our pockets, we're able to, I'll put the connection in quotes, because it's not the same connection. And the research shows that we're not as uplifted and fortified by our online relationships as we are by our IRL relationships. So in that sense, we should look at the research to see there should be a hierarchy. The person in front of you should come before the the people that are, I don't know what you're doing on Facebook, whatever people are doing, like, 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 scroll, 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 whatever. It should come because for your own psychological health, if you want to be selfish about it, for your own psychological well-being, you will be boosted more through the interaction you have with someone right in front of your face as opposed to someone who's on your phone in your pocket, basically. But the Sabara and his colleagues are saying we have to understand that we are so hardwired for connection because it's through community that we survive. I mean, even in, we can go back to historic times, we certainly needed our tribe, we needed our community. But even now, I don't farm. I need the farmer in my community to give me some food at the grocery store. We need each other so desperately that he and his colleagues were saying, one of the reasons it's hard to put boundaries around social media 
is because it does, to a degree, not as well as as IRL, but to a degree, it does feed that part of our psyche and our the way that we're wired for that connection. So I think it's an interesting way to kind of give ourselves some grace in this, but also say, all right, let's be smart about it. it definitely. And I think that I think that sometimes it makes some people maybe forget kind of how to be as social or communicate as well. Yeah. Because you're always doing that. So then when you are with people, you know, face to face, sometimes people like, oh, you know, maybe they feel uncomfortable or just you kind of forget. Or, you know, I've seen this or I like to watch other people too, you know, when you're out at a restaurant and stuff like that. So, you know, as soon as there's like a little pause in the conversation, you know, it's like grab the phone. Oh yeah. Even, even adults, even people our age, you know, and it's just like, it. and I know the kids do that, you know, but it's like, I've seen, you know, our generation do that just because it's like that comfort, that security blanket instead of like, okay, there's a little bit of pause here, lull in the conversation. So I'm going to, you know, get another conversation going or another topic or, you know, whatever it is, you kind of fight your way through that and, and get it going. It's like, well, just look at this phone for a minute. <laughs> so right. I don't feel uncomfortable. Right. No awkward pauses anymore because we right. can just pull out our phones. Yeah, it's uh, it's really it's a different landscape. It really is, and we have to figure out how to manage it and to do to be mindful. And I again, I don't know if the social norms will change so dramatically, and then maybe they will, and maybe no one will think anything of it. Just pulling out their phone and just sticking it right in their friend's face and be like, "I'm just." just going to tell you right now and demonstrate to you right now that I'm more into my my Facebook or my Instagram than I am you. And maybe no one will care anymore. I would be saddened if people became yeah. so callous. <laughs> it's like they started to devalue their own IRL relationships to the extent that they were not affected by that. And like I said, currently the research is showing, and I'll quote from the, the Psychology Today article again, when someone is texting or scrolling through feeds while we're talking to them, it leaves us feeling devalued and inconsequential, if not downright upset. I would be I would be sad for the state of humanity if we left that, like we became too callous, that we didn't care anymore. And to your point, that we would forget how to manage an awkward pause and just go, huh, okay, let me get creative and think about something else I can connect with this person about. I, that would make me sad. Very sad. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and and that's why I worry about for the, you know, younger kid. I, I, you know, I don't think that will happen so much, hopefully with us, you know, our generation when I say us, but you know, the younger, younger kids, I hope that that, yeah, that would make me really sad that that happened. I think, you know, when you're with your friends, friend or friends, you know, I guess, you know, you be the one, make sure, you know, I'm going to keep my phone in my purse or off the table or whatever it is. I'm going to keep it away just to kind of set that tone, you know, you, you, at least you're doing that and you just, you know, have a good time. If you're in a group and people are doing it, I mean, you're not going to be, you know, everyone put your phone in the basket, you know, like they do for kids, but you know, if you're not doing it, <laughs> I mean, that, I like that, that idea actually. Yeah, I know it's not bad. <laughs> yeah. But if you're not doing it, that sets a good tone for it. And, you know, hopefully you're with like-minded people, like I said, but if, if, if someone becomes like the only one doing that, looking at the phone constantly, then they may realize like, oh, I'm the odd one out here, <laughs> you right. know? Um, it, so I think it just, just as long as you make sure you're not doing it. And, and I think too, that open communication, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying to a friend, you know, in the right way, uh, you know, if it's a problem, you know, with, with someone in particular, you know, 
it just makes me feel, you know, like I said with my daughter, it just makes me feel like, I don't know, it's, I know you're not doing it on purpose, but it kind of makes me feel like it, I'm not that important, that kind of thing. I think that, yeah. you know, that, that takes guts, but I don't think there's, I think that's a good thing to say if you say it the right way. Person probably doesn't even realize it. Yeah. I was thinking as we wrap up, like leaving some takeaway tips or takeaway ideas for how to deal with the the fubbing. And yeah, would you be able to say, hey, you're fubbing? I I think I like fubbing because it'd be funny. It makes it light. Yeah. Right. It makes it right. So you're fubbing me. They'd be like, what are you talking about? (laughs) You're phone snubbing me. And then that might be, yeah, a nice kind of fun. Yeah, and you could talk about like subbing if someone's like, doing it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I was thinking, yeah, number one, maybe start to integrate these terms into our vernacular so that we can use them in a lighthearted manner, but also to make a point that really is a serious point. And then the second takeaway message I think was really key, like you mentioned earlier at the top, about if you know you have something coming up, you're going to see this friend for an hour for lunch. And you know that 45 minutes in, you're going to have to step away. Just let that know. Let that person know right away. I think that's a great idea. And then the third thing that came to mind was something that Dan's daughter, because she's 31, so definitely millennial more than Gen Z, but definitely sees. And I think she's pretty astute, which is nice about such things. One time we were all in line for brunch and she was kind of laughing at I mean, not being mean, but just she looked at some friends, not her yeah. friends, but some friends, a friend group as we were all waiting in line for brunch. And there was maybe four of them and they had been waiting in line for 20 minutes and not one of them had spoken one word to each other because <laughs> they were on the phone. So she's like, kind of like, and they were a couple years younger than her, but she playfully was just joking with us like, hey, look at them. They're really having fun together. Yes. <laughs> and so she's kind of aware, which I liked. But one time I think we were all doing our thing, having a conversation. Then one person picked up the phone. I don't know who it was. And then she kind of looked and she's like, oh, it's phone time. So the idea of like, okay, so we've now decided as a group of people having a conversation, we're going to have five minutes of phone time. And that's maybe a way to do it too. Because I mean, in this day and age, it's probably unrealistic for many people. I think you and I could hang and handle it, but it's probably unrealistic for a group of friends to go three, four hours without one of them needing to check their phone or needing to I would agree with you. If you have just a few seconds to help me out, I would so appreciate it. You can do so by heading over to Apple Podcasts, giving us a five-star rating and a few sentences of review that helps others find the program and join the Love and Life family. So just to recap, we're talking about one, integrating these terms so that we can maybe playfully but also seriously talk to friends honestly about how their technology use is impacting our connection IRL with them. Two, also giving someone a heads up if you know that there's going to be some technoference in your conversation that day. And then three, considering again, a playful like, oh, is it phone time? Or maybe even planning that. Like if you're going to have a three, four hour drinks, dinner, dessert with a group of friends say, okay, do we need to have some phone time scheduled in here so that everyone can just be present? And again, that would be kind of a playful way to set some structure for the evening. And I think it could alleviate some hurt feelings from that fubbing. Yeah. And I think just think about yourself owning yourself. Like right now, you know, if you're listening to this, go, okay, oh gosh, do I do that? You know, what, instead of just like, oh yeah, my friend, like, what do I do for that? Do I need to do a better job, you know, at that? Because probably everyone can say yes. Yeah, exactly. And I think, again, it gets back to values and discipline and 
what we really want to do with the precious time that we have. So, Miriam, thank you so much for joining me again on Love and Life. Thank you for having me. The Love and Life hack for this week is, are you fubbing your friends? Thank you, as always, for sharing a portion of your day with us. We really appreciate it. If you haven't had the chance to head over to loveandlifemedia.com, you can go there to sign up for my newsletter. You'll also get your free Empowered Dating Playbook. Elliot is in the process of creating an Empowered Marriage Playbook, so that's gonna be available for you. Some of you have started with me when you were single and now you're married. So we are going to grow with you and be sure that we have resources that meet you right where you are. Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. This is Dr. Karen anderson Abril, And until next time, make it a great week. Love and Life is produced by Tim May and hosts and executive producer, Dr. Karen Anderson-Abram.